Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. We are always happy to talk to this person, but uh, often find that we are talking to this person for difficult reasons. Uh, it's our friend Jim Keenan from POR Emotional Wellness. This is the Colleen and Bradley Show on My Talk 1071, streaming live at MyTalk1071.com. Everything Entertainment. Colleen Lindstrom, Bradley Trainer, and as I said, our friend Jim Keenan. He's the founder and, and executive director of POR Emotional Wellness. And uh, Jim, we thank you for joining us today. Well, thank you for the invitation. It's always good to talk to you. The reason that, uh, you know, Colleen said we often check in with you when there's tough stuff going on. But the reason is you're so good at talking about the tough stuff and kind of helping us frame the the issues and, and ultimately understanding what's going on and how maybe people can get help. So thank you for doing that. Specifically when it comes to suicide, um, what can you share with us, you know, in general? Because I feel like there's there's a knowledge gap in terms of what most people understand about suicide. I think suicide is is the ultimate in fear when you start talking about mental health. Mm, Yeah. And, and, you know, when when somebody's... And so so it makes it a very distant topic that people kind of know is there, but they don't want to necessarily talk about it. And the person who's, you know, contemplating suicide, that just lends itself to feel more and more isolated, uh, which you can see where now we start into a spiral of thoughts and and interactions with people that can lead ultimately to the termination of one's life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We've we've had we've had you on in the past, Jim, to talk. Um, you you talked with us about the TV show or the Netflix show, uh, Thirteen Reasons Why, and we really did focus on teens and suicide at that at that time. But the statistics are rising rapidly when it comes to adult suicide. What can you tell us about? Um, how prevalent that is at this time. I, I think, you know, I think, I know it's cliche perhaps, but I think one is probably a statistic that's yeah. too high. Yeah, true. Uh, it's, it's, definitely on, it's definitely on the rise. Um, and I think, you know, some of the t- things that I've talked with clients about is, you know, you, you hear the talk around town, oh, we need to talk more about mental health and we need to take the stigma away from mental health. And, and it's still at this time a bit of an advertising campaign. Uh, a lot of the people that I work with don't go out and, and talk to their friends about what's going on. They just hope that it's a good day, the day that they're supposed to do something with a friend so that they can not appear to have any emotional issues going mm-hmm. on. Mm-hmm. Um, and, it, and, it, and it becomes this struggle of, of how do I share with somebody that I've got this going on um, when I don't know if they really want to listen or not. Mm. And, and it, it, it becomes a very lonely place. You know, one of the other things I've been thinking about and I've seen some other people mentioning and uh, talking about on social media is that I think what stops a lot of people from talking about it is they think if they acknowledge it or deal with uh, maybe suicidal ideation, that is like having thoughts about suicide, that they are somehow then going to enter a system or become a, you know, a target of attention that they are not comfortable with. 
that just because you have thoughts of suicide doesn't mean you are necessarily at risk of suicide. There could be, you know, medications uh, that you're taking that have an effect. Help us sort of break down, um, you know, the the different ways we think about suicide and how it affects us and our mental health. I, I would I would be a safe bet to think a, a majority of the listeners right now at some point have had that notion come across, would it be easier if I wasn't here? Is the problem that I'm facing right now so immense that it would just be easier to not be here? Now, very few of us, thank God, act on those thoughts or go through the planning. But, um, yeah, there is a fear that if I bring this up to my clinician or a friend or a co-worker, that all of a sudden I'm going to be thrown into this, you know, system where I'm going to lose control. Mm-hmm. You know, that somebody to put me in the hospital or they're going to take away or make me do some things I don't want to do. Um, and a lot of times people just, uh, we don't have the words to kind of bridge the gap between I'm really, really fed up with how depressed and how anxious and how emotional I see life and suicide. There's always a gap between those two things, but sometimes we don't have the words. So people might use the word suicide or I don't know if I want to be here, or an innuendo of suicide, and they're not really thinking or have an active plan to end their life. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, on, on, the, on the other side of that coin, you, you have some people who, you know, are you know, like our recent uh, celebrity folks in, in uh, Anthony Bourdain and, and Kate Spade, who on the outside really appeared to have it all. You're right. Right. And, and some people might be going, what the heck, you know, they... I, I didn't even know that was going on. And, you know, people, that, that's what makes it difficult, too, to, to kind of understand suicide because it's not a clear path for two people. And, um, and often... Kind of get, oh, sorry. Go ahead, Jim. Well, everybody kind of, I mean, everybody gets to that point through a different path. Right. Similar features but definitely uh, an individual path. And then oftentimes we're, we're doing the quarterbacking and trying to figure out what happened. Um, and right. it's, like you said, not a clear line. You know, for, for the majority of the people who are listening, um, they're more likely to be uh, the friend that somebody might confide in. Um you know, yeah. if they're not, you know, if they're not, then a clinician that somebody would confide in. If you are a person who is a friend of somebody who has expressed uh, that type of ideation, what are, do you have any thoughts on what we can do as support people for other people who are struggling? The first thing is to clearly identify yourself as one of their support people and use those words. I am here to support you. I will be that person if you call me at middle of the night. I will answer my phone and I will support you. And if you if you claim that, then you back it up and you answer that phone at midnight. Mm-hmm. Um, if you, I have become that person. I have people in my life who were that person for me. Um, it's an incredible role to play. I also would really encourage people if somebody comes to you and shares that part of you, know that that is an honor. That is an honor that they shared with you that piece of them that is probably the most scary piece for them to share and, and really know that that is a risk that they're taking. And for you to be that person to receive that, that is an honor, not a burden. And we need to change that thought. Some people will go, oh, my God, I don't want to, I can't be that person. You can. 
the, the, the support that you need to give is that it's that unconditional love because they're a human. Mm-hmm. And, you, and you say, use the word love, use the word relationship, use the word I'm supportive of you. Um, it's not your job to solve the problem for them. I tell people as a supporter, you care, but you can't cure. But your caring helps in the curing. So if you can be that person that genuinely cares and shows them that, and reach out beyond them asking you, if you know you have somebody who's struggling, give them a call on some random time and say, I'm just sending you some positive energy. I just want to know how you're doing. I, I want to know that I want you to know that somebody's thinking about you. That's what we should be using social media for right now. Reach out, message somebody, put a Facebook post out there that just says, I'm sending you positive love. Um, because suicide is a result of the ultimate isolation and the ultimate belief that you'll never fit in, that you have no place, and that you're not lovable. And the fact is everybody that breathes the air that we have in our earth meets all those criteria. You can fit in, you do have support, and you are lovable. The most wounded person is worthy of love, without doubt. And if there's anybody out there feeling hurt, that's something you need to hear. If if you're a hurting person, you are worthy of love. Oh, Jim Keenan, you know, uh, we absolutely, like we said, we love talking to you. It always makes us sad when we're talking to you for difficult reasons. But thank you for joining us on the Colleen and Bradley Show. Jim Keenan, founder and executive director of POR Emotional Wellness. Thank you so much, Jim. Thank you for having me. Have a great day. Thanks, Jim. Take good care. Yeah, there's a reason we have him on, because he's just so good at what he does. I mean, like, I really could talk to him all day. He's just such a wonderful person and and really great advice that he shared. Uh, When we come back, let's take a little brain vacation to the movies, shall we? Our friend Paul McGuire-Grimes is in studio with a couple movies hitting theaters this weekend that we've got to talk about and see if they're worth, uh, you know, escaping, too, on the Colleen and Bradley Show on My Talk 107.1. Paul McGuire Grimes from Paul's Trip to the Movies has joined us to tell us what's in theaters on the Colleen and Bradley Show on My Talk 1071, streaming live at MyTalk1071.com, everything entertainment, Colleen Lindstrom, Bradley Trainer, Paul McGuire Grimes, hello. Hi, hello. Okay, so we I got to, we got to start with Ocean's 8. Yeah, I mean, it's the big movie opening this weekend. It's got Sandra Bullock, Kate Blanchett, a ton of great women in it. And it really is like an it's an all-female heist movie playing in the same universe as the Ocean's 11 trilogy that we got a couple of years ago. Sandy's character, you know, we're besties, Sandy. Yeah, you and she, Sandy. She uh, plays George Clooney's sister, if you will. She's just being released from prison, and she's already planned her next heist, which is this big heist at the Met Gala hoping to steal this $150 million Cartier necklace. I mean, it could happen. Could happen. (laughs) So it's so much fun. So like I said, Sandy, Kate Blanchett, Sarah Paulson, Mindy Kaling, Rihanna, Anne Hathaway, Helena Bonham Carter, and then a new gal named Aquafina is in it as well. And those are the eight. Not a water? Technically, yes. (laughs) I Um, wonder if she's been sponsored. (laughs) That's right. Look it up. A-W-K-W-I. Well, whatever the spell is. Anyway, um... Rihanna. Rihanna. How was Rihanna? I mean, she she needs to play a stoner hacker. Yeah, that's so like she her does, genre. That's her genre yeah. of expertise. Now. And she doesn't have much to do. She doesn't need to do anything. So she is very much, I don't want to say forgettable, but you, she's there. She's there and she does her best? Yes. Okay. It's <laughs> great to see people like Sandra Bullock and Kate Blanchett playing off each other. Kate is just flawless. And then you have Anne Hathaway, who people maybe 
likes that she took some time off. Mm-hmm. And in this movie, I feel like she she plays an actress, this very obnoxious actress. And I feel like she's really kind of making fun of herself or other people that she knows. And she's so much fun in this. Kind of in a playback to the Devil Wears Prada and the Princess Diaries type era that she was so great in. See, that's the thing about Anne Hathaway is as an actress, she's fine. She's great. She's even. a great actress. As a human, she gets a little grating. And Especially that's, around award season yeah, when you're going to win the award. Yeah. So it's so I'm excited that she's in a role that it, that she can have some fun with. Oh. I think that that's a good thing. And you can tell that all these women are having so much fun. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like we saw with the Ghostbusters remake, people really, I really love that. This one is, I would not say as funny as Ghostbusters, but it doesn't, it's not trying to be funny. I think it's trying to be a heist movie. So you can tell that all these women are just having fun, doing something maybe outside their comfort zones, not having to like cry in every scene or do this heavy Oscar caliber performance. Mm-hmm. And it's just kind of a stitch. And then like the Oceans movies, you're kind of figuring out how are they going to put this heist together? And then what do the writers come up with as the kind of twist and the reveal? I was going to say, I bet there are many moments of, whoa, didn't see that coming. Kind of, yeah. yeah. And then because it's at the Met Gala, the attention to detail there is fantastic. So you have great cameos with like Anna Wintour and then Zach Posen and Katie Holmes. And like, if you know the Met really well, you'll kind of get a good inside look at what that event is like. Yeah, Very cool. So how many tickets? I'm giving it three and a half out of five. It's light. It's fun. It's easy summer escapism, okay. which is maybe what we but all But maybe need. if I missed it, bit. I'd be fine waiting for the streaming. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and In other words, not, he's missing it he's and missing he wants it. to know yeah. if he can And you wait. don't need to see the other ones to get this. Okay, There's good. some cameos, but like it, this holds its own really yeah. well. Okay, it's definitely not a reboot. It is its own it's sort a of standalone. Of a remake. Of, of a original. remake, yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> uh, let's move on to the other, the other big release. Which, yeah, kind of a smaller movie, Bradley. You said you were interested in. It's called Hotel Artemis, and this takes place in 2028 Los Angeles. Riots are filling the street, and in it, Jodie Foster plays this nurse at uh, Hotel Artemis, which is like part hospital, part hotel, and she takes in all these criminals from the streets. So she is kooky herself, and then the people that come in. You don't know what's going on with them. They're half a wackadoodle short. There's a few screws loose there. So half have, a wackadoodle short. <laughs> whatever. It is Friday Braid is taking over. It happens. Sterling K. Brown is in it. Zachary oh. Quinto. Jeff Goldblum shows up as the hotel owner, and he and Jordy Foster have a little bit of a rift, and Zach Quinto plays his son. So you kind of just never know who's going to pop into the All these crazy alien stories can't be true, can they? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world, and the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. I'm Bradley Trainer, And I'm Don McClain. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item. A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game and you can play along. The item might be like, this A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out. Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. Hotel room next. Hmm. And then what is going to happen? And her character has never been outside in the last three years. She has this phobia of going outside. Mm-hmm. And she eventually has to because 
of what's happening inside the hotel. So oh, I, I saw a headline that basically said it had some really good cult classic potential, but yes. maybe missed the mark. I don't know. Well, you almost kind of have to know your late 70s, early 80s, like John Carpenter type movies like this because it is weird. It screwed up the score. It's very reminiscent of that period. So if you know those movies, you'll get a kick out of kind of what they're going for here. But if you don't, you're like, you're like WTF. You're like, what is going uh-huh. on? But it's fun at the same time. I was going to say it actually sound this just, I mean, it intrigues me because I'm like, oh, I need to find that, out more. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. You're, you're interested in it. It's unique. Like, I haven't seen a movie like this this year, which I think is something to be sad outside of all the other cookie cutter stuff out mm-hmm. there. If you just want something different. And I think it's great to see Jodie Foster on screen. I was going to say, I'm sure just having her performance is amazing. It is. I don't want you to leave. How many ticket stubs? Uh, three. Three. Okay, real quick, like literally 10 seconds. You've got a really cool event coming up. Yes, next Thursday at the Imagine Theaters in Willow Creek, I'm hosting. It's called Secret Movie Night. So you show up, you buy a ticket, and you don't know what movies it's going to be Ooh, until fun. it starts. And I picked it out, and then there'll be a Q&A afterwards that I will moderate about this movie. Okay, Sounds how can like people fun. get tickets? So go to Imagine Theaters' website. I will put a link on my website as well. Six bucks, proceeds go to the page. Hey, uh, before we get to those crazy, stupid idiots on the Colleen and Bradley show, we have to remind you that Cat Video Festival tickets are on sale as of right now. But when you go to the Cat Video Festival webpage, catfestmn.com, there's another super special treat there for you. We have a live kitten cam. And let me just give you an update on what the kittens are doing right now. They're all piled up on Mama having a little so cute noontime snack, a little uh, afternoon snack. It's so cute. They're so cute. It's oh my so God, what sweet. Was that that's her happy cat voice. Yeah, that's um, it. So cute. I want to eat them a lot. Yeah. They go. They're just the cutest. Stop it. Wow. Scary. Chill. I can't deal. Now, with no further ado, on my talk 1071, uh, Colleen and Bradley show, it's time for Crazy Stupid Idiots. Well, then, I guess one could say that's a crazy stupid idiot. Yeah! Colleen and Bradley present. It stands for crazy, stupid idiots. It sure does. Why? Well, because the world is full of, yes, crazy, stupid idiots. That is, dumb people doing dumb things repeatedly over and over again, oftentimes in the state of Florida. Mm -hmm. No, girl. But we're going to Alabama first. Um, That's a letdown. Well, I mean, some strange things are afoot in Alabama, so don't worry about that one bit. Um, We're going to Forestdale, Alabama, to talk to today's crazy, stupid idiot. Talk about, I should say. A woman went into a bank in Forestdale, Alabama, yesterday in the, nope, on Wednesday in the morning hours. And uh, she, as most bank robbers do, handed the teller a little note. (sighs) What makes this person a crazy stupid idiot is essentially what the note said most people would say give me all your money right uh yeah and they might say i have a weapon or something like that yeah exactly um not this lady uh this lady had a note with two options it was sort of a choose your own adventure okay Mm -hmm. number one option was uh, give me $6,000 from the bank vault and I will perform a sexual favor on you. Nice. Or, or number two. Mm-hmm. Oh, don't give me the money and I'll claim that you sexually assaulted me. Ooh. Excuse me. What? That's, That's a little, I don't know. Strange. Yeah. Um, the manager 
however, was uh, not was what's the word like this did not upset the manager because the manager did not have to make a choice. The only thing that the manager had to do was secret option three, which was call the authorities. Uh, The cops were able to arrive at the bank very quickly and arrest the woman. They got a load of the note and they laughed very hard. (laughs) at What an idiot this woman was. Um, Do you want some stuff? Then give me some stuff. Uh, one stuff. one of the arresting officers said, I don't think I've ever heard of an attempt to rob a bank quite like this. I mean, it's a clever <laughs> approach. Uh, our deputies were on the scene very quickly and saved this employee from something. I'm not sure exactly what, but we saved him from something. <laughs> I like that. I'm sure he was happy that he didn't, you know, mm-hmm. have to go there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Uh, she's awaiting uh, formal charges. Um. Oh, Alabama. Mm-hmm. Alabama. Not too far from Florida, right? Yeah. Which is where we're going for this next Yay. crazy, stupid idiot. I want to tell you the tale of Travis Byerly. He's 23 years old. I don't know if he's an heir to the Byerly fa- uh, fortune, mm-hmm. but he is actually originally from Kentucky, which is another state not too far mm-hmm. from Alabama and places like that. He was arrested in the Sunshine State with something in his cooler. Mm-hmm. Um, was he was arrested with something in his cooler. Car. Um, car. It was, oh, geez. Um, it was, oh, his roommate chopped up in a bin. Close. Oh, really? Seriously? Yes. Oh. So this guy from Kentucky, Travis Byerly, age 23. I'm not sure if he's a uh, heir to the Byerly's and Lund's fortune. Mm-hmm. But regardless, he was arrested. I like how <laughs> I've now put it in the heads of people mm-hmm. that there is an heir of the Lund's and Byerly's fortune mm-hmm. out there. And they're like, wow, I had no idea. And he's a criminal? Anyway, he was stopped by Clearwater Police. Had nothing to do with Scientology, because Clearwater, for those who don't know, is actually the home of the Church of Scientology, Mm -hmm. or one of the homes, right? Mm -hmm. Okay, so they pull him over, and they're like, hey, uh, you were um, speeding? And he was like, okay. And then they were like, "Um, what's that thing over there? And he's like, I don't know what you're talking about. And they're like, yeah, no, that thing that I can barely see. But wait a minute. what? Whoa, it's a hatchet? He had a hatchet slash axe. I don't know what the difference is. Shoved between the driver's seat and the door hidden from sight. I mean, that's not a normal thing to travel with. Right? Now, when they asked him about the weapon, because a concealed weapon is actually illegal, if you're wondering why Mm -hmm. he was questioned about the hatchet, hatchet, um, he it, that alone isn't crazy, stupid, idiot worthy, right? Like you have an a, a hatchet in your car. Woo. Mm-hmm. Big mm-hmm. deal. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Garden variety. Mm-hmm. It's why he said he was carrying the hatchet that earns him crazy, stupid, idiot status today on this fine show. The Colleen and Bradley show on my talk. One oh seven one. Do you have an idea? Why did he tell the police officer he was oh. hiding a hatchet? Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. I've used this excuse before. I used this when my mom found cigarettes in my uh, backpack oh, once. Oh, yeah. I'm just holding it for a friend. No, oh, but that okay. would have been a good one. That probably yeah. would have been my go-to. I don't know how it got there. Parents, if ever your child says, I'm just holding it for a friend, they're lying. Yeah, no, okay. totally lying. There you go. Um, so, But that's not what he said. That's not what he said. Mm-hmm. What he did had said was the following. <clears throat> for protection. Okay. He mm-hmm. had the 
acts for protection. Oh, who's coming after you? Like safe sex protection? <laughs> yeah, I know. You're doing it wrong, sir. <laughs> well, I'm going to just walk away. He said protection from, quote, scumbags in Florida. Oh. <laughs> well, I mean. I mean, I've, you know, look. I don't know that I would have told the police officers from Florida that because that might be a they might, mm-hmm. that might make them a little defensive. That might agitate them a little bit. Yeah, but I mean, I I guess when you're driving through Florida, if you've listened to our show at any, maybe he's a listener. You know, he is the heir he to the Lunds and Byerly's yeah. fortune. Maybe he's probably up here is. on occasion yeah. or listening to us on the stream or on his app. And he hears about all these crazy people in Florida. Mm-hmm. And he thinks to himself, well, I, I got to drive I through. I don't know. Somebody going to try to eat my face off or light my panties on fire. That's what happened yesterday. It did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, let's go to. Anyway, he was murdered. Oh, oh wow. Oh, what? So it turns out it didn't work. <laughs> yeah. They said the, the price you pay in Florida by making fun of us is to die. That didn't Prepare happen, right? Death. That didn't happen. And then they tased him and then threw him into an alligator-infested lake. That's actually not what happened. Not at all. Okay. They just arrested him. Okay. Uh, can we go to New Jersey? Mm. We're going to Roxbury. I mean, if we have to. We're going to Roxbury Township. So, you know, it's the end of the school year. For many people, today is the last day of school. Um but in New Jersey, and you know, in high schools, the seniors are playing their pranks, right? So in New Jersey, it was the last week of school, and the seniors were playing their pranks. Uh, this senior, this high school senior, without a fully formed prefrontal cortex, which is the uh, good decision-making part of the brain, decided to pull quite the prank. Uh-oh. And he threw open the front doors of the school and rode down... The hallways of the school on his motorbike. Whoa. Did he like run anyone over? Uh, No. However, the bike's handlebar did make contact with a student. And thus, uh, the student who has not been identified because, of course, he is a minor. uh, The student was charged with simple assault and disorderly conduct because he nicked another student with the handlebar on his motorcycle that he was riding down the hallway of his high school. Kind of genius. Schools out yeah. for summer. I mean, this, I get, like, this is where you have to be careful about what your children are watching because I could see how that would make for a really great scene on... You know, a TV show. Or it seems like like a scene from Dazed and Confused that yeah. I don't remember. Right. Like they would just, because you were dazed and confused, Durr. that they would just go like flying down the hallway on their uh, souped up motorbike. Right. But yeah. in theory, yes. In Hollywood, sure. In real life, no. No, dude. Um the uh, the student what I it, it no dude it's just making me no. wish that I had done something like I was thinking like a horse like you think anybody's ever like galloped on a horse throughout their the halls of school probably mm-hmm. and probably gotten similar trouble to this young man who uh, this was the same day as the senior yearbook signing and this was also the day before the senior academic awards also prior to prom. Um, and graduation. And there's no word as to whether or not the student will be able to participate in any of the aforementioned events as a result of his stunt. Again, riding down the hallway of his high school on his motorbike. 
You know, can I just have an unpopular opinion before we go? Why not? I don't think children should be punished for doing these types of things in a way that uh, harms them permanently. Because what were what were the consequences again? He wasn't going to be able to participate in anything. Well, there was there's not word as to whether or not he was able to participate in things you know like, like yearbook you signing, academic awards, graduation, or prom. Like graduation, you let the kid graduate. Mm-hmm. Like you sit him down and you say you're dumb, and if you do this in the real world, people are going to fire you, mm-hmm. uh, and then you'll be out of a job. But like yeah. you still let the kid graduate. Or at least walk. Yeah. Or, or at least tell them they can't walk, but they'll get their diploma. I, I see. I would let him walk. But again, I would sit him down and probably spank him or tase him if you have to. Okay. Remember, by the way, <laughs> I just, just want to remind I'm everybody. Kidding. I did that, get a crazy, stupid, idiot hot tip. Oh, what's that? That this very thing has happened locally. Really? Oh. According to the caller, she said that about three years ago, someone rode a dirt bike through Buffalo Middle School. You don't say. You don't say. Now, that's according to the caller. I can't verify this right mm. now. Interesting. It's a bad idea. I want to start there. But secondly, I also want to say that anything that Bradley or I say about stunts gone wrong, you should not take to no, heart. You generally oh, because shouldn't. Yeah. we one time set off a stink bomb in our place of work. Yeah. You were, how old were you? You want no, I was I, I was I in was my 30s, 30s at that yeah. point. Um, yeah. So we were younger and not as wise naive. as we are now. But yeah, I just I think <laughs> you don't you don't punish kids for being kids. It's true. In a way that affects them into adulthood. You you punish them accordingly, mm-hmm. is what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Spanking you tasing. don't spank teenagers. No, you, you know, hey look, do you know that when, in my high school that they paddled people? They really my did. School, in my nineties, my parents had to sign a waiver, uh, at, and actually, they said absolutely not. But if, like, you actually had to say whether or not you were willing to let the school system beat your child. We don't have time for this conversation. <laughs> it's a thing, Texas. If every anybody's wondering, because yeah. they're all like, "Where in Minnesota?" Yeah, it was not not Minnesota. in Minnesota. No, you had to sign a waiver. <sighs> For corporal punishment. Okay. And they called it swatting. And two teachers. We seriously don't have time for this. Two, okay, I'll tell you on the other side if you want. Well, we have an interview. Oh, that's right. Never mind. We'll tell you on another day. Yeah, we'll tell you another day. We'll tell you all about Bradley's <laughs> school spankings on a different day. But who are I we didn't speaking get with? Spanked. Who are we speaking with next, Brad? So when we come back uh, here on the Colleen and Bradley show, somebody you actually heard a little bit uh, earlier. Uh, on the Donna and Steve show. His name is Eric Arvaseth. He is uh, the chapter co-chair of the Greater Minnesota Chapter of the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention. He's going to join us uh, to answer some questions that we have and really just uh, revisit a topic we've uh, covered uh, throughout the day today regarding or in the wake of Anthony Bourdain's suicide. We'll be back with that after this on My Talk 1071. Well, it has been a difficult week with uh, the news of the passing of Kate Spade and now today Anthony Bourdain. Uh, both died by suicide and uh, it has sparked a lot of conversations and hopefully uh, you've gotten something out of the conversations we've had here on the Colleen and Bradley show. On My Talk 1071, streaming live at MyTalk1071.com, everything entertainment. Colleen Lindstrom, Bradley trainer, and we're certainly trying to shed a light on 
having more of these conversations. Yeah, we thought we would just wrap things up with a, you know, a little reminder and touch base again with somebody you heard earlier on the station. His name is Eric Arviseth. He's uh, the chapter co-chair of the Greater Minnesota Chapter of the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention. He spoke with Donna and Steve earlier today. Eric, thanks for being with us. Thank you very much for having me. Now, you know, I'm sure when uh, very high-profile people die by suicide, um, you get a lot of questions, you get a lot of people having opinions that you'd probably like to weigh in on. What kinds of, um, what is the first thing that we should know following uh, a person's passing by suicide? Oh, wow. I think the, wow, that's a good question. I think uh, the first thing that you should know is there is hope and there's help Mm -hmm. and there are people that you can reach out to to get support. And I think that is one of the most important things that we focus on when we talk about this, especially when it peaks during times like this, uh, is that we talk about the person and talk about their life, of course, but we talk about the possibility that there is hope and there is light at the end of that darkness for uh, for those of us left behind. Yeah. Uh, you know, and and one of the things I think that gets uh, that one of the barriers to receiving help is simply just not knowing where to go or who to talk to. Uh, can you speak to that at all? Absolutely. I think that is probably one of the biggest issues that we face is the stigma uh, and the secrecy and the sort of shame around the topic of mental health, depression, uh, anxiety, suicide, and just not talking about it. And I think we we owe it to ourselves, to our communities, to our families to our coworkers, to be a, po- a point that people a point that people can speak to, um, to being open to honest conversation, to starting honest conversation with friends, and to talk about things that may seem difficult to talk about. The resources are all over the place. It isn't just the Lifeline. Our our website has got an incredible amount of resources as well for people who are. Uh, uh, people who are contemplating suicide, people maybe who have lost someone to suicide, or people with mental illness. Um, there is a lot of help out there, and there's a lot of people that want to help. Well, and I would ask you, Eric, too, you know, we were talking a little bit about this uh, with a, another guest earlier in the show. Uh, sometimes I think people are afraid to bring up thoughts uh, of suicide with either their healthcare practitioner or the, their loved ones because they feel as though that's going to somehow impact their life in a way they're not ready to deal with. Um, how do you address that? What recommendations or what sort of light can you shed on a concern like that that someone might have? Well, I think uh, I can compare it to maybe my own experience. When my brother died by suicide in 2009, we were kind of left in that, oh my gosh, what just happened? Mm-hmm. What did we miss? But after years of working in this suicide prevention arena, I've learned about some of the warning signs, learned about how to have honest, open conversations. And I, I feel like had I had access to some of these things, I might have seen some warning signs in my brother and been able to reach out to him and break the ice a little bit to sort of open up that conversation. Um, it is scary. It's scary to ask for help. Uh, but kind of like we always say, it's okay to not be okay, mm-hmm. but it's not okay to not reach out. Mm. Yes. Eric, can you tell us what the website is before we have to let you go? Absolutely. Uh, there's a ton of information at AFSP.org. Uh, but if you go to AFSP.org slash signs, you can also get a tremendous amount of information. There's, like I said, resources for people who are contemplating suicide, maybe people who have lost someone to suicide. And you can even check out AFSP.org slash Twin Cities.
Awesome. Thank you so much, Eric, for joining us and for kind of walking us through all that wonderful information on on a difficult day as we process this. Thank you very much, and thank you for reporting this so responsibly and with uh, such grace. I appreciate it. Oh, take care. Thank you so much, Eric. Eric. Oh, and you know, I think back to, uh, as we close out the show today, what um, Steph March said about how we can sort of go forward, you know, in honor of specifically today, Anthony Bourdain, who uh, took his own life. And we learned that this morning at the age of 61, um, go out, connect with people, eat good food uh, and just be. Just be with the people that you care about. Yeah, absolutely. And care about the people you're with. And I would uh, remind you that you uh, probably want to tune into the Stephs tomorrow um, because they're no doubt going to have some great stories, some wonderful words of encouragement and uh, just emotion. So I would tune into that tomorrow if you miss any part of the show today or any of the other shows today that dealt with this particular issue or the life of Anthony Bourdain um, or any of the other stuff we talked about this week. Go back. Don't forget it's on the podcast right there on our website at mytalk1071.com. And we'll be back on Monday. Thanks for Bye. hanging with us today.